if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Welcome back to Horse Chats. Today we're talking to Christoph Hess again. Now, Christoph has been a regular guest and it's certainly all our dressage enthusiasts love Christoph and um, I'm sure that there's other people who are coming in and learning a lot from Christoph as well. Christoph is very generous with his time, given us his time to explain today about pirouettes. Now, Christoph is very well qualified to do this. He's an FEI judge and trainer and I'd like to uh, hear him talk today about pirouettes. So, Christoph, are you there? Welcome back. Yeah, Glenda, thank you very much indeed. Thank you for the invitation. I love it to do it, and um, I love it to talk about pirouettes today. And, yeah, I'm very much looking forward for your questions. Well, first of all, if we're talking about pirouettes, is there anything, you know, generally that you may like to say about pirouettes before we got started? Because I've got quite a few different questions to ask you, you know, and it's really good, Christoph, because I can talk to you about from the judge's point of view, from the instructor's point of view, from the rider's point of view, and really from the horse's point of view, because, you know, you've got all of this from all of these different hats that you've, you've worn. If we're talking about pirouettes, I'd like to you to explain as a judge about the pirouette, but you tell us first about the pirouette and what we're really looking for, you know, just a bit of an overall general talk about the pirouettes and why it's even in dressage. Yeah, the pirouettes are, yeah, we start with pirouettes on, in Germany we say L level, that is, I would say, medium level in walk. We have the pirouettes in walk and we have the pirouettes in canter. And I think, first of all, it's very, very important to realize, and it's good for your listeners, uh, that I want to underline it and to explain it very seriously, that the periods are true riders' movements. There is no excuse that you say, okay, my horse is not good in a period. Normally, when the rider is saying, my horse is not good in a period, he says, I'm not good in riding periods. And this is, I think, very important to realize it, that we as rider can learn how to ride periods and walk and how to ride periods and canter. But it's really serious. And um, I often say that it's easy to ride a piaf at the passage when you are sitting on a talented horse. Then the people can come and videotape you and make pictures and everybody says, wow. What a rider, because it looks amazing when someone is doing these exercises in other Piaffet Passage. But when um, a rider is riding a pirouette in a good way, then you know, looking from the judge's point of view mainly, and from the trainer's and coach's point of view, that this is a true good rider, because he has a lovely, lovely feeling for all different aids, in a very short time. You have to give all aids in the shortest time which is possible. And therefore, riders who have this nice sensitivity are the best riders in the world. And one of the best riders in the world in his times is still living in Australia. He's living in Perth. Uh, he's a friend of mine. It's uh, Harry Bolt. 
and he did a great job as a writer. He was amazing. He was in his time one of the very, very, very best international uh, championship rider, Olympic Games, medal, gold medal winners, and so on. And he was the hero in riding pirates and uh, with all his different horses. And he had a lovely, lovely feeling to train horses, to collect horses, to prepare horses for pirates and to ride pirates in the training situation and in competitions as well. Therefore, if, if someone in Australia will see pictures from Harry Bold, or maybe in the old days we don't had had, had so many um, videos, um, if you have the chance to watch Harry in his earlier years and days in pirates, then you know how to ride pirates in balance, uphill, in rhythm, with a very, very good collection. That would probably explain that the coefficient then. Is it all pirouettes at all levels? Just tell us a little bit about why that coefficient. And actually tell us probably what a coefficient is, why we even use coefficient marks in dressage. Uh, the, 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 uh, the people who are important um, for um, designing new tests, and I did it as well together with Chris Battle, the um, coach of the British eventing team, we did for at least 10 years for the FEI, the, uh, the FEI um, eventing tests. And in FEI eventing tests, we have no coefficients, but in dressage, we have coefficients for very special exercises. And um, in um, pure dressage competition, on higher level, we have always, when we have, co uh, when we have periods, we have always a coefficient of two, which means um, when um, a, a rider gets the high score, the high score will get a double mark. Uh, a seven, then you have uh, two sevens at the end because it's a coefficient of two. And when you have bad marks, then it's a, a disaster for the rider. Therefore, the riders know very well um, in the test where they have the coefficients, you know, in which exercise that they have the coefficients. And they know very well uh, when they have a mistake how um, yeah, difficult it is to get, at the end of the day, a good result after having a... Uh, um, uh, yeah, in a movement when you have a, a coefficient, a, a bad result. Example, other we have coefficients in, in Grand Prix, we have coefficients in, in all Piaf movements three times. We have coefficients in the pirouettes, which are two pirouettes, and we have the coefficient in the half passes, in the zigzag half passes in Kenta. Therefore, when they have a mistake there, in these movements, in these Kenta movements, and in the Piaf, the riders know very well, oh, pah, shit. <laughs> Therefore, they, they have their special focus in the training to um, yeah, ride these exercises as good as possible. And therefore, it is very important to train, especially the pirouettes, in a very uh, strict and looking from the methods point of view, serious and clear way, otherwise the horse will not understand the period and the exercise. And maybe I will add one sentence. We have to realize that periods are not special movements which we train like dogs are trained when they are in the circus. These periods are movements 
which horses know by nature. They have the genetic to do these kind of movements. And when we watch horses in the fields, in the nature, then we see that horses are able to do pirouettes by themselves. And this is what we train when we do the gymnastic process for horses. And uh, therefore, it is a movement which we, we train, but we have to do it very seriously in very, very small steps so that the horse can uh, learn to use the body um, in a nice, balanced way, in good collection on both hands, which is not easy. Sometimes it's on one side better than on the other side. And to be able to ride pirates on both hands in a similar way with uphill tendency, with bending, with flexion, with self-carriage, with a clear four-beat rhythm in canter, which is uh, difficult to do. And because the canter rhythm is a three-beat rhythm, therefore we change the rhythm before we start the period. These are the criteria judges are looking for, but the rider has to maintain the clear rhythm. And this is often the challenge for the rider and it's often, to be honest, a challenge for the judge to judge the exercise properly. And it's a challenge for the coach and the trainer to train it, to teach it properly, because it is really difficult for the rider to get the right understanding for this exercise. I think as a rider, you know, if I'm just riding in the lower levels, I'm not quite up to riding pirouettes yet. My instructor hasn't introduced it to me my horse hasn't been trained to do pirouettes, I'd be getting pretty excited now because this is a rider exercise. It doesn't mean that you have to have the most talented horse, but it does mean that this is a good way for you to pick up your marks and improve your dressage test scores if we really understand the pirouettes more and train the pirouettes correctly. So um, this could be pretty exciting chat at the moment. Now, now, we talked a little bit about, um, yeah, I think you did talk about the walk and the canter. What's the difference? I mean, one's at the walk and one's at the canter. But even what a pirouette is, for someone who's coming in who might have done barrel racing or might have done show jumping with no lateral work or someone even at, at, who's learning, who's having a few dressage lessons, is getting an understanding, is there with a coach who's really instilling the basics first before they start doing anything a little more. What is a pirouette? Can you explain what a pirouette is and what the technical terms are for a pirouette? Yeah, first of all, the pirouette is a turn. First of all, you can do the pirouette in walk and in canter. Both is possible. And um, in the exercise, we have um, in the tests, we'll be looking from the competition's point of view. In the tests, we have <clears throat> pirouettes in walk, just half pirouettes in canter. Um, in the we have half pirouettes on PSG level, and uh, starting from I1, um, we have total pirouettes, and um, it's a turn in walk or in canter. The forehand is turning around the hind legs, and um, this is quite easy to do it. And I'm sure show jumping riders, eventing riders and battle racing riders are doing it as well with the horses. But in the dressage, when we want to do it in a proper way, we have to have a lot of criterias 
which we have to have in mind. And the criteria are similar when I look from the Puritan walk and look from the Puritan Cantor's point of view. The first criteria is that um, we have a clear rhythm. That means in walk, we need a clear four-beat rhythm. The walk is a four-beat rhythm movement. And um, uh, we need, and this is similar with Cantor as well, uh, quite a high level of collection. Without collection, you are unable to write a proper period in walk and in Cantor. And first to the walk, we need a clear collected walk. The horse has to be clearly in front of the rider's aids, mainly in front of the inside leg, so that the rider has, from the saddle's point of view, the feeling that the inside hind leg is a little bit quicker than the outside hind leg when he starts the pirouette. And then when he starts the pirouette, and I'm explaining now the pirouette and walk, he has to have the feeling that uh, the inside hind leg is during the pirouette when he is turning with the front of the horse, with the, with the, with the forehand around the hind legs, that the, uh, the inside hind leg is coming more under the center of gravity, which um, when he's using the inside hind leg with each step, with each step um, into uh, the direction of the center of gravity. So that means that the hind legs during the exercise are not crossing and the hind legs are not moving to the side what we see quite often. Many riders ride a pirouette and then the hind legs, especially the inside hind leg, is moving to the inside. When the horses are doing this, then the judge and the trainer will realize that the horses are not carrying the weight with the hind legs. And this is uh, the gymnastic part. And that's important because when the, when the inside hind leg is coming a little bit more into the direction of the center of gravity, then the inside hind leg has to carry more weight. And this is uh, the secret of good pirouettes. And this is a reason why we have this kind of exercise in our big concert of all exercises and movements uh, in the dressage world. All these kinds of movements are part of a bigger picture. And we need... This feeling that the horse is bringing the inside hind leg a little more under the center of gravity to carry more weight. And this is the gymnastic part of the whole process. And this is what a rider has to realize when he starts with a period. And I had explained it in now looking from the walk period uh, angle, but it's uh, nearly similar in Kenta as well. So that the rider has to be able to collect the horse before the period. In canter, we talk uh, that horses need a special collection in canter, a period canter. It has a higher level of collection than the proper collected canter. And when the horse is able to produce such a canter, then the horse is able to practice a good period. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. 
So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. I think that was an excellent, excellent description of the walk pirouette, the canter pirouette and the requirements, but you did talk in the canter pirouette about the half pirouette and the total pirouette. Is that the same in walk? Yeah, tell me a little bit about the walk there. Yeah, also in the tests, um, we have in walk only half pirouettes in tests. Uh, but in training, I think we have the whole variation. And it was good that you said quarter pirouettes, half pirouettes and total pirouettes. And that's exactly the point. And therefore, I love it how you ask because you are a true horse person. And um, I think in the process of learning uh, half pirouettes in walk and total pirouette or half and total pirouettes in canter, the first step is to school horses in quarter pirouettes. To be honest, I, looking from my point of view, from my, with my experiences, I don't like it very much to ride uh, in the training a lot of travers pirouettes. Many riders love it to make the circle smaller, also in canter, mainly in canter, but in walk as well, mainly as a circle smaller in the way of doing canter or walk in travers, but mainly canter travers. They love it for hours. They do travers canter into the circle to make the circle smaller. But in this situation, always the hind legs are in front. And in this situation, the hind legs are not enough coming and mainly what I just explained uh, when we had the question before, uh, the inside hind leg is not coming under the center of gravity. The inside hind leg is moving to the inside and is not carrying as much weight as necessary for a good period. Therefore, my favorite exercise is how, when, when I school horses and riders in periods first and walk, quite a while, and it's a long process to learn proper periods and later in canter. My favorite exercise is to school in quarter periods. And my favorite exercise is to do shoulder in, in walk and in canter before, a proper shoulder in walk and canter or a shoulder in front. And then you start with the period just for one step or one stride and maybe one later on, a second one. And then you finish after the quarter period or maybe in the beginning is less than a quarter period. And then you you stay in the shoulder in, still in shoulder in. So that you have the whole time the feeling that the inside hind leg is coming more under the center of gravity. And this is very much the right feeling. And in this situation, the rider has to sit a little bit more on the inside seat bone, has to use the inside leg to get enough activity with the inside hind leg. And the, out, his, uh, the rider's outside leg is a little bit backwards, maybe five centimeter, not very much, a little bit backwards. 
but use a whole leg, not the spurs. Many riders think when they have to turn, they have to use the outside leg, especially with this, with the spurs. This is wrong. And to be honest, I hate it. Whenever the riders use the spurs, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not against using spurs, but not spurs instead of using the leg. Very important is that the rider is using the leg. That's, that's really, really important and not using the spurs. And then the rider has to turn. And from my point of view, it's very important. The rider will turn when he is using, um, this helps a lot, the whip at the outside shoulder. I, I love to train it to come from shoulder in front into the movement in walk and later on in canter and using um, a short whip at the outside shoulder because at the outside shoulder, the horse is not, or at the shoulders, um, the horse is not very sensitive. And then the horse will realize that the horse has to turn into the opposite direction. So when you come with the whip at the outside shoulder, maybe as an example, at the right shoulder, then the horse will turn to the left side. And in this situation, the inside leg has to be active so that the inside hind leg of the horse will come more under the other with activity, more under the center of gravity. And this needs quite a long time that the rider will get the feeling to do this in a proper way, because this is the key part of the movement that the rider will get a feeling for this special movement and get a feeling, or I, maybe I can say, get a feeling for this feeling. And this needs quite a while. And when I'm teaching uh, riders to learn period, then I get a feeling for the rider, for his passion and patience. And many riders have no patience to do it. They do it, and they, they, but they never will do it in a good way. And I learn, and I, I know a lot of riders who are able to ride quite on a good level, advanced level plus, but they are not able to ride good periods. They have problems with all horses in periods, and they do something, but it's not looking from the theory point of view, a good period. Sometimes, to be honest, they get in competitions too good marks, and therefore they don't realize what they have to do. They are not seriously schooled in periods. And my understanding is, and this is my experience as well, if a rider is able to ride good periods, he is able yeah, to control the horse at the end of the day nearly in a perfect way. The better you are riding periods, the better you are as a rider, and the better your influence in the saddle is. This is the red line which every rider has to realize. And therefore, every rider has to train periods first for himself on different horses, later on with different horses, um, very seriously. When he's not doing it seriously, no chance to ride good periods in walk and in canter. I can um, almost hear the excitement from some of the riders, you know, that are listening, saying, I just want to get out now and start to train pirouettes. But for a rider, what should they already know and already be doing 
before they say, I want to go and ride pirouettes, you know. It, it takes a while to uh, even prepare for pirouettes. But for a rider who hasn't yet ridden pirouettes, even for a coach who would like to explain to their rider, they know their rider's not ready, what does the rider need to do before they start pirouettes that the, the coach can almost give them some let's work on this first rather than saying very discouraging, no, no, you're not ready yet. What are the prerequisites for the rider? So the rider can say, I'm learning this before I can work on pirouettes. Ah, thank you for the question. Brilliant question. That's exactly the point. That's um, especially the, the point before pirouettes, but at the end of the day, we need it for all our exercises. It's always a question, what had the rider to do before he starts to ride the piaf, to start to ride flying changes, start to ride half passes, and in this case, to write periods. I think when we are looking from the uh, scale of training, we have to realize that the first step is in the pyramid of the scale of training is the rhythm. And I think this is what a rider has to learn, to get the right feeling for a clear rhythm in walk, okay, trot as well, and in canter. He has to be very familiar with the rhythm in walk and in canter. He has to get a brilliant feeling to ride the walk with more activity, one part, or on the other hand, with more collection. He has to get the feeling to ride the walk more into the direction of medium and extension or more into the direction of collection. And this he has to learn. That's a process. You need patience. And this is similar in Kenta as well. You have to ride the different paces, the, the working Kenta, a proper collected Kenta, medium and extended Kenta. This is what a rider has to learn. Big strides, small strides. Every um, stride in the right tempo. And very important, straight in front of the driving aids. Horse has to be in front of the driving aids. This, the rider needs a feeling for this. And now the rider has to be able to collect the horse. It has to get the feeling for collection, especially in canter, and having a clear feeling that the horse is straight, which is the fifth part of the scale of training. Without straightness, no chance to ride proper periods. And uh, also straightness is important because without straightness, the horse will not be able to come into a proper collection and to find a good balance. Both is necessary. And this is important that the rider is able to do it. And I like it very much when I'm schooling um, horse and rider combination that I say, ride bigger strides with good uphill tendency, independent from your reins, and then try to collect the horse in the way that you are asking for shoulder in front uh, canter. This is very important to, to maintain the straightness so that the inside hind leg, what I did explain a couple of minutes before, that the inside hind leg is coming more under the center of gravity. When the rider will not have the feeling how to bring the inside hind leg more under the center of gravity, then he is not ready to start to school pirouettes. 
And this is very important that a uh, uh, coach and a trainer is looking very carefully that the rider gets the right feeling to sit on the inside seat bone, to use the inside leg, to bring enough activity into the horse uh, so that the horse is using its hind legs more and more and comes more and more especially with the inside hind leg under the center of gravity. And when the rider is able to do this, then it's important that the rider learns to turn in the beginning a bigger circle, then smaller circle, but always important. And this is what I'm looking very much for, and I'm schooling it very seriously, that the inside hind leg is not coming in the travers situation, but that the inside hind leg is coming more and more under the center of gravity when the rider is turning. And this is the very first step that the rider starts to turn first into a circle circle line, maybe a 20-meter circle, later on in smaller circles at the end into a vault, which um, is six meter as an example, or maybe smaller as well. And this is the beginning of learning how to ride periods. And uh, yeah, that's the process. And for me, to be honest, that's, yeah, when you school riders and you will start in the beginning in walk and later on in canter, you get very good a feeling for the mentality of the rider. Is it really a rider who loves it to be trained very seriously in very, very small steps? Or is it more a rider who loves maybe dressage, but is not so interested in the very special small pieces of our amazing dressage sport. Many riders don't have the patience to learn it very, very seriously. But the very best, and Harry Bolt is a good example, the very best in the world had learned these kind of exercises in a very serious way for ages. That's not just learning at one weekend. You need a very, very long time to learn it if you want to come to the highest level. You place certain emphasis on certain things. And you brought it back again and again and again about the importance of the inside hind leg, the inside hind leg carrying more weight, coming to the centre of gravity, avoiding the travers into pirouette, and even just the introductory work, you know, the shoulder in to the quarter pirouette to the shoulder in. I think there's a lot of emphasis on that for a true quality pirouette in both walk and canter. What about challenges? What sort of challenges do you see in the pirouettes and how can we correct them? Um, yeah, um, the challenges are um, special. And um, but it's always good um, when you look from the listeners' point of view, spectators' point of view, judges' point of view as well, and trainers, coaches, and so on. Looking always from the scale of trainings point. And I just uh, started my um, answer to the last question that I said. Um, we have to look first. What is the first step of the scale of training? And this is the rhythm. And therefore, the judges will look very carefully at how is the rhythm. And that's important. And I said, when I'm now looking to the um, period in, in Kenta, 
um, uh, that's a horse. Um, maybe when it comes on the diagonal and uh, the rider has uh, to ride the, the total period later on, the judge has to look, has a horse a clear three-beat rhythm? First of all, the horse has, a, when it comes on the diagonal, a clear three-beat rhythm. Then the rider, the, the judge can say, okay, it's clear three-beat rhythm. And then when the rider starts to get a higher level of collection, which is important to start with the period in the proper way, then uh, the rhythm is changing from three to four beat rhythm. That's important, but still in rhythm. And then when the horse has a clear four beat rhythm, then the horse is able um, for maybe one, two, three, four strides, then the horse is able to produce a proper period in canter. So therefore, the judges are looking very carefully how is the rhythm. And important is that it's the clear four-beat rhythm and that both hind legs are not coming to the ground at the same time. Are they not both hind legs together? No. First, when you look to the rhythm of canter, the first canter strides after the moment of suspension is that the outside hind leg is coming on the ground for a a couple of a second, then the inside hind leg is coming on the ground, then the outside front leg is coming on the ground, so that at the end, three legs are on the ground, but not at the same time. Also first, I will repeat it again, first outside hind leg, then inside hind leg, then outside front leg, and not both hind legs together. This is what judges are looking carefully that this is important, that the clear rhythm, four-beat rhythm, that's one point. The second point is that the horse has clear balance. And I want to add one word, an uphill balance, and I will add something more, independent of the reins of the rider, that the horse is not leaning on the bit because in this movement, which is a big challenge for the horse, the rider can't give the horse a chance to lean on the bit. The horse needs a natural uphill balance independent from the rider's reins. This is the second part, which is important. Rhythm, second is balance. And then the third part is, how is bending and flexion? Flexion is part of bending, but both is necessary that the horse has a bending into the direction of the movement. And this is very important that the rider is realizing it. Therefore, he has to bend the horse into the direction and the horse has to maintain during a half or a total period, the whole time, a proper bending. And then the next thing is that the rider is sitting into the movement. At, at the end, it is very important that the rider is sitting with his or her weight into the direction of the movement. Therefore, it's very important that the rider is bringing a little bit more than 50% of his weight on the inside, on his or her inside seat bone. And then the rider has to look into the direction of the movement because when he's doing this, then he can use his kinesthetic aids and the horse will realize what the rider wants because the horse is coming always with his body under the rider's body. The horse wants always to bring 
his own body and the, the rider's body into a good balance. And when the rider is sitting into the movement, then it's much easier for the horse to turn. And many riders, they are sitting to the wrong side, and then it's nearly impossible for the horse to turn into the other direction, a proper period. Therefore, it's very important that the rider is learning how to ride and how to sit in a period in a proper way. Otherwise, at the end of the day, he is cruel when he is sitting to the wrong side and the horse has to turn to the other side. That's nearly impossible for the horse to produce a proper period in this situation. Therefore, it is a true challenge for the rider and it's very, very important that the rider learns to train himself, herself, very seriously to ride proper periods. And the first step is not to look to the horse. The first step is to look to his position, her position, before the period that he sits totally in balance, and then to look how he is able to turn on a circle line, on a volte, also smaller curved lines, and if he's able to do it in a proper way, in a nice balance, independent from the inside rein, using his outside aids to turn, when he's able to do this, then he is ready to ride proper periods and to train proper periods for younger or with younger horses. Christoph, I love the way that you just go into so much detail. Your explanations are just just excellent. I, I love to just be here and just feel that and just exactly, you know, I mean, the pirouettes I'm riding and just in my imagination are far better than the ones that I'm riding, you know, as a real rider. But just to have that feeling and, and I urge people, if you're driving at the moment, you know, take time to pull over, rewind and go through some of these explanations because just to feel the way that Christoph's explaining it, absolutely excellent. Christoph, I've got a question, though, about the canter pirouette because you had said, I think, three, four, five strides. If you're thinking about the best canter pirouette in the world, um, you're absolutely ideal. How many strides is there in the ideal? Is it better to have more or less or is there a set number that we should be looking for for the perfect canter pirouette? Yeah, um, I think in the rule book is six to eight strides. To be honest, I have never counted the strides. I, but I know that many other judges are counting the strides uh, very seriously. I am, or I was, when I was uh, judging biggest classes in the world, um, pure dressage classes. I'm looking very much the way the horse is carrying the weight, and for me, it's not necessary to have one stride more or one stride less. Important is that the horse is during the whole movement in a nice balance, has a good uphill tendency, independent from the rider, and the rider is turning at the end of the day with his position, the horse. And when you have the feeling there is a total harmony between the horse and the rider, and sometimes you don't know where the horse starts and where the rider starts, then it's amazing. For me, one of the younger generation, she now stopped riding and was able to ride lovely, lovely periods, was Monika Tedoretsko, our German national coach since a couple of years now. And she was a brilliant rider 
riding periods because she had given the horses a lovely self-carriage with a well-stretched neck and an open throat latch so that the horse could find a lovely balance. And the horse was in a nice way in front of her. And she is quite a small lady and she did everything with yeah, nearly when you saw it without using a lot of pressure. And when I see this, this is for me an ideal situation. And then it's for me, it's my personal opinion, more important than to have a stride more or a stride less. This depends very much of the quality of the canter from horse to horse. Some horses have a very big, big canter strides. For these horses, it's more a challenge to do many strides, but a big clear stride helps to do it maybe with one stride less. And horses which have a little bit smaller stride can do one stride or two strides more. But it has to be harmoniously. This is for me very, very important. And when I look to the very best riders, and we had at Hagen this weekend, uh, CDI, Foster, and we had the best riders in the world, I think absolutely Olympic level. And it was amazing watching uh, these many horse and rider combinations um, uh, to do um, these um, periods. Nick Charlotte Dujardin, as an example, she was winning uh, several classes on Grand Prix level. And it's lovely to watch her how to ride periods. I think you've just brought me back on track again there, Christoph. You know, I'm talking about the technical details, you know, how many strides. And you're emphasising the quality. So, again, you've brought me back on track. I think that, um, yeah. you know, we can get lost, can't we, in, in everything that there is to learn and we've got to focus on the most important things. What's the priority? What's the most important? And the quality of the training that you keep emphasising. It's just been brilliant. Yeah, therefore I didn't, I said six to eight, okay, but I said I don't count it. I know, another example, I know a very, very, very good, one of the best judges in the world. He was counting everything. He was counting how many strides is a horse doing in the extended canter on the diagonal in, and so on. He was always counting, counting, counting. This, and and, and, and uh, he was looking very much from the technique point of view. And I was always watching. And this is a little bit that each judge has a little bit his own personality. I was always judging, or I'm, I'm, I am, uh, not was, but I am when I'm judging. I look very much to the harmony between horse and rider. Is look very much to the body language of the horse and the rider. And this is for me very, very important. Therefore, I'm not a person who is counting so much. Uh, but if, it's, if there is balance and if there is harmony and, yeah, a good body language, the rider at the horse, then I am happy more than a stride, more or less. Is it is it understandable? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I think we can all bring something to the horse world and every time you think you know everything, all of a sudden you realise yeah, that yeah. you know nothing. And this has been really good. I think this has been great for riders. It's been great for riders to go over and, and even if yeah. they're not riding pirouettes yet, they can go back and you know, look at the scale of training and go, right, where am I up to? What can I do? And talk to their coaches about it. And a good coach is going to say, this is what we need to work on. And this is why we're working on these things first, because it is important that, you know, you can't just go out and um, and, and jump high fences and ride high movements. You've got to 
let's get the basics sorted first. Even it takes a long time, but let's look at the quality of what you're doing. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to say that I haven't asked you about pirouettes? And I think you've told us so much, not because I've asked the right questions, but because you've given such thoroughness of of answers. Anything else before we go? Although I'm happy. No, thank you. I have nothing to add. Maybe if your listeners have more questions, maybe then we can continue our conversation. Uh, but from today's point of view, I am happy. And um, I think it's enough, or I hope it's enough information um, for your listeners so that they can train. And maybe when they have some experiences with their own training, they can ask more questions. And if you like, then we can have a new discussion about these questions, uh, which we will get um, yeah, after a couple of weeks of exercises. I actually do have a, a question, and we're not going to answer it now, but it's a question about straightness. And I think if we uh, we can talk a little bit more about straightness the next time we chat, I yeah. think that will be really good. You know, it's it's right up there on the scale of training, but, um, you know, how important is it for a young horse? So let's leave that until, uh, until our next chat and uh, look forward to hearing from you again and look forward to chatting to you again. So thanks very much for your time today. It's been been wonderful as always. And hopefully we'll catch up again soon. Thank you very much indeed and all the best for you and all the listeners. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.